This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, gentlemen, we didn't get the uh, we didn't get the old Tayside final. It's not it's not 2014 revisited. We got we got one of our teams through though. We'll be doing a, a St Johnson podcast special next week in the build up to the Scottish Cup final, which will be around which will be coming around very quickly. But uh, it's only fitting that we we don't go in chronological order for this one. I think we should we should start with the Saints. The Saints this week, they were the second of the semi-finals. They got the better of St. Martin. I think we, all three of us predicted they probably would, although they sort of, the COVID, the COVID curveball made it a much more sort of a harder predict, harder to predict match than perhaps it would have been before. But but Jim, where do you see what was the what was the key point of difference for you between the two teams? And in, in a in a in a match as a match that turned out to be, I've turned, I thought it was a fascinating game, you know, certainly in those last 10 minutes. And just, you know, it was, okay, it was 0-0 at half time, but I thought it was a fascinating semi-final. What did you see as the key point of difference between the two teams? The reason it was the Blue Saints rather than the Black and White Saints that, that progressed? The key points were two goals in two minutes. Uh, you know, I think it's as simple as that. That killed them because I thought, I think you're right, I thought it was um, by comparison to the, the, the semi-final before the day before. The miss before it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, th- there are so many things on which a game turns on, on narrow margins, as they call it. Um, you know, the miss before it, the two goals within two minutes from Kane and Middleton, which kind of, you know, which it's just at, at that time of the game, it's 72 and 74 minutes, that's an absolute killer blow because that, that's the stage when the legs are starting to weary a touch, the mind is starting to weary. You know, you're starting, you know, if you're a player, there's just a wee fra- every time a ball's out for a throw in or there's a wee lull in the game, the mind is starting to turn. You're thinking, this is going to, you know, are we going all the way or where are we going? Is this going to end up in penalties? You know, there's a million things going through players' minds. Um, the legs are tired and the minds are tiring, you know. There's a miss that could can turn things for you, and then suddenly, bang, bang, Kane, Middleton, two goals, you know, and two fine goals, two fine goals. So you know, on, on such narrow margins, um, our cup final places lost and won. And I have to say, I, I'm a, a big Jim Goodwin fan. I like Jim as a man. Always got got very well with him, um, as I do with Callum. Um, I thought both both of them deserve enormous credit for the way their teams played on the day. And, and, and Saints nicked it, you know, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I think the stats tell you that, don't you? There wasn't much in it between the two teams. On the day, it was it was the blue half of the Saints that mixed, it nicked it. Could have gone the other way, but two goals in two minutes was a killer. And as you mentioned, you know, the, you know, the, the, the miss just beforehand. So, that, that's indeed not not look not that we are complaining. You know, this is our neck of the woods. This is our patch. You know, we've got two Saints and one honorary Saint here looking for discount on the on the trips abroad. You know, so <laughs> it, it was it was just it was a great day for them. Great, it was a great cup. It was a great cup semi final. Sean, I mean, did it was? Did you feel first of all, St. Man turned up this time, didn't they? But uh, it was it was just Saints. Saints for me were the better. T- Better team, but St. Mon until they go, but St. Mon had the better chances. Is that a fair way of summing it up? Yeah, yeah, I don't take any issue with that at all. Um, yeah, uh, first half, I mean, over the piece, it's it's to Mirren. did have the, the better chances. Uh, Erwin's that wasn't the Erwin's miss, I was going to say miss there. Let's give Xander the credit and say Xander Clark save. It was, uh, oh, yeah, it, it, it was a save, but it was a. a I think, like, that, to be honest, he should he should definitely score. I think, uh, to be honest, to be, to be to be honest, I don't think Xander knew too much about it, but he was in the right place uh, and he, he he got in the way of it, and that's that's why his job is. So definitely, yeah, um, a save. Uh, but he, but yeah, a, a, a striker in that position with a, a lovely lovely cushion ball across the face from Dennis. Um, oh, that, that's what 90, 99 times out of a hundred, you've got to think. I'm going to score this. If you're a striker, you would back yourself. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a bad one. Um, and then obviously Quainer's miss in the second half as well. Another one. Uh, and ironically enough, listening to it on the BBC with um, Chris Abelumo uh, as the uh, co-commentator on it, shades of Abelumo's miss actually with that one. I thought, oh, um, like funnily that. enough, right like bang in front of the same goal as well. And uh, as I was listening to him sum it up, I did I did think it must have flashed before his eyes. 
that mess again that he had. Uh, <laughs> I'll just have to take just have to take myself away for five minutes. <laughs> Absolutely, comment, yeah. Commentator. You're on your flashbacks. you're on your own for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just wandering around, shell shocked. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't. Despite that, I didn't feel at any at any point other than in the last sort of the last ten minutes, if you like, the last five. Five ten minutes when Saints were a wee bit under the cost. For the rest of the game, I don't think there were extended periods where 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 Saints were on the back foot at any point. I thought they were better on the ball than St Mirren. They had more possession than St Mirren. They made more running than St Mirren. They were more aggressive than St Mirren were, but more patient with it as well. I just I I think they were the better side over the over the ninety minutes, and and the result at two one was it was a bit tighter. Uh, than they would have liked, particularly at the end there, it was it was getting a bit getting a bit worrying. Um, but over the piece, fairly comfortable and 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 well deserved, I thought for St Johnston. Yeah, Jim, you find out about teams, and certainly when I, I mean I was in the ground, and you do get a feeling, and you, you I, I I must admit I I felt that St Man were going to grab one at the end there because. Because it was just there were so many balls going in and they were had so many big lads on the pitch and then we know all about Joe Shaughness, Joe Shaughness's long throw from his time at St Johnson, but you find out about a team, don't you, when they're under a bombardment like that? You know, it really it just comes down to pure will to keep your keep the team keep your opposition out, doesn't it? And and Xander Clark didn't actually have to have a make a save in amongst all that the last six or seven eight minutes, but it was. You know, you know the the team can throw the kitchen sink at it at that stage, can't they? They have, they don't have to hold anything back. Tactics go out the window, and it comes it comes down to pure heart and resolve, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I mean, you know, talking of Xander, I mean, you know, not only did he he, he, he find save um, at, at, at the right post as well, didn't he? You know, and uh, that, that was second half. You know, but but look, the, the thing is, I mean, Saints, you know, even before the goal, Saints had um, you know you that terrific Rooney curler where he cut inside and he unleashed the left footer that keeper turned over the bar and then um, Kane with a with a lovely Kane had kind it of shimmy up inside. For Kane, yeah. Opened it right up, had a great shot. That was over the bar. There was a terrific dig um, from from uh, Wotherspoon, wasn't there, in the second half, which just kind of flew over. So you know, it wasn't. A, it was a game with with plenty of chances and plenty plenty endeavour. I, I Rooney's just header that would have made it Rooney, three. Yeah, I mean, Rooney's header know, was a, that was an unbelievable save from from the St. Mun goalie, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, you know, his name's his name just gone in my mind. He shall henceforth be known as his Jack Anik. Um, Jack Anik, Jack Anik. Alnwick, as I heard somebody uh, call him. But no, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, th- I think you do. I mean, I, th- I think there's a couple of things here. You know, to pay a wee bit of tribute to, to Jim Goodwin St. Mern, I think they've progressed uh, a great deal under him. But, you know, but have, for yeah. us, it's f- but for us, it's about St. Johnson. And while I thought Jim's side showed plenty of character, I think the character of the St. Johnson side, you know what I found myself thinking today? And I'll be careful with this because I know that they're now in French League Two. But you know, we've kind of worked on the basis of fairy tale, credible St. Johnson, and then being Scots, of course, we think, oh, this will be it. You know, it'll be, you know, it'll be over and done before we know it, and the team will break up, and uh, you know, and that'll be it. This will be their purple period one season. They actually start to think of clubs like Auxerre that came from, you know, cities not much bigger than Perth um, in France, and were a top flight side for for years and years and years. Not only a top flight side, were able to compete very often with the very very best. I mean, this might not just be a purple patch for Saints. This could be, you know, given the way that youth system has worked, given what they're starting to bring through the, their system and all the rest. They could, this could be the start of something really really big for St Johnson. Almost irrespective of whether you know Callum stays or goes, I think he'll stay for a for a while yeah I'd certainly like to think so you know but um, in, in terms of the performance the character the heart the spirit the organisation everything you want from a football team from a football squad uh, was there on display in the day I mean Kane's goal was beautiful just a, you know lovely ball inside lovely the move, deftest of touches a, a, deftest better finish, touches a better finish than, oh, than it maybe looked a, at the time you well, know it needed I, to be I, I, a terrific finish. I mean, how many how many times have you seen these? You mentioned Chris Evelyn a minute ago. How many times have you seen those um, put by the post or put over the bar or or, or or something like that? You know, so it really was a, a terrific finish. I mean, you know, no, no, there was remember there was a man right on top of him and goal side of him when he stuck it away. So you know, he he, he got. I, I think on the flight, I was either a solo the boot or he got the just the, the outstep of the boot. Just a toe, maybe. It, maybe yeah. Just a toe, you know, and he steered it away beautifully. That could have gone anywhere. So you know. Absolutely, f- f- you know, fair play to Kane, who who is a, a terrifically intelligent player. You know, um, 
And then, oh, I mean, what can you say about the free kick? It was an absolute. I mean, I got a, a, a call last night from a you know a figure well known to to us who used to do a fair bit of scouting for Rangers in this area. You know, who's known young Middleton since he was a boy, uh, and what what a stunning free kick that was. I mean, I I don't think that that has been bettered all season anywhere anywhere that I've watched. And I watch football from everywhere as we all do. I haven't seen a free kick better than that all season. So two fabulous goals in the space of two minutes. That was the killer. For St. Martin, they had their chances, um, didn't take them, you know. And although there was a kind of, you know, you get a late scare, I thought Saints to me always looked like they were going to progress to the final, and they have done. The biggest thing for me about oh, there's lots of, I mean, you could you could take this St. Johnson season and the St. Johnson team in all sorts of directions, but I think the biggest thing for me when I'm thinking about them at the moment, Sean, is that at various stages in the season there have been different key men and there have been different characters that have stood up and been the sort of main the main man the important the match winner you can go back to I would say to get them through that sort of first dodgy spell where they weren't getting wins you could go to Stevie May who was kind of the only the only one who could score a goal for them Danny McNamara was probably was the player of the season and while he was here then it was David Wotherspoon and you're thinking he's the player of the season then we get uh, obviously, the Sean, the Sean, the couple of months of Sean Rooney when it was just, it was just phenomenal what he was doing. And by the way, he was great. At the Other weekend, times, well. yeah, he was. He was uh, certainly going forward. Uh, Dermot had his had his had his bit and going the other way. But yeah, you're right. But then you could you Craig Conway was the man for the two games at Hamden, wasn't he? Guy Melamed, there was that little spell when he's got that goal at Hamilton. You know, I'm forgetting a couple others. You know, and that's without talking about your your Jason Kerr, who'd probably be, actually be my player of the season, I think, at the moment. Liam Gordon, Jamie McCart, and now when he was needed, it's Glenn Middleton. So it's if you're if you're Jack Ross and you're you're trying to prepare your team for who where the dangers are, who's going to be the sort of main threat. It's not going to be easy for him, is it? No, it's not, and, and actually, I mean, I'm I'm saying Sean really played well, and you're you're right. In an attacking sense, he was very good, but on the other side, Callum Booth again, I thought he was terrific. Oh, Callum Booth against St. Mary. he was, he was absolutely. Bryson, Bryson probably had his best game. Yeah, so it's it's no it's no as if Saints have had these spells where they've had one or two who are in a good run of form, and then they've gone right off the boil. It's they're not they're not dipping below sevens. Even the guys who are not currently, you know, like the 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 hot streak type players, if you like, when 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 they're not on this hot streak, they're not they're not dropping right off the face of the planet. They're still staying at a really really good level. So Saints have just had they've been fortunate enough all season that they've had this sort of rolling kind of player in form role that's kind of moved around the mm-hmm. team quite a Very lot. Much so. Um, I can't remember uh, a season like it for 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 and for just for that particular point. I can't remember a season yeah. like it. You know, you, you go back. You know, Michael Halloran was the was the. I mean, you know, we could mention him now, but Michael Halloran was was the star of a certain team. Stevie yeah. May was the star. Danny Swanson had a was the star. Danny Swanson had a spell where everything was put through him. Stephen McLean after you know between those two, you know, after Stevie May left, and then you know before before Swanson arrived, you know. There's plenty in that in that role, but now, good luck, good luck, Saints fans voting for a Player of the Year. But that's that's kind of yeah. how you want it, isn't it? To have more than one of those in, in in the same side and 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 across the same season on on this sort of rolling basis, it's like right, okay, well, that's it, it, it's my month Your now, turn. so I'll take it on. <laughs> and and everybody just goes goes with it, and it, it's it is quite remarkable. It really, really is, and the other the other thing that's that's absolutely incredible about it is the fact that 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 squad is not huge. It really, really isn't. It's quite tight, but at the same time, whenever they've had to make changes, and there's been a number of occasions, and actually he's made changes even when he hasn't have to, he hasn't had to, and that speaks volumes about I think the coaching of Callum Davidson because that system is so locked in and so bedded in amongst these players now that players can drop in and out of it and, and you're not tinkering with anything other than, right, this body goes here, this body goes here. But they know exactly what their roles are. They know exactly what to do when they're in any given position in that system. That is that is pure coaching and pure receptiveness on the part of those players to that coaching as well. 
And I mean, I remember going back to the start of the season and, and we're putting predictions together. And I'm thinking, well, you know, top six, but you know, if the, if this team really, really click and 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 play as well as we think they can, then it could be better. It could be fourth, third. Now, I think that in terms of the league, they've obviously fallen just short of that because this real run of form that they're on hasn't didn't start until sort of the new year time. But if you look at them since the turn of the year, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable run of form for a, for a club like St Johnston. And, and to get to get to this stage now, where a trophy in the bag, going for fifth place in the league, Scottish Cup final coming up. Yet there's still this sense that there's there's a momentum there still behind them. I, I think that's that's absolutely remarkable, and the players deserve huge credit for it. But the manager deserves absolutely enormous credit for it because he he's created that environment. Yeah, and it's it's you can see what it's worth. Yeah, I know. Maybe next week we'll. We'll try and put it all into context and all the rest of it, Jim, as far as, you know, where it stands in terms of historical, you know, Scottish football history and, you know, this double and the fact that Aberdeen were the last one, last non-old firm one to, to do it and all the rest of it. But at the moment, they don't feel like a team that's running out of gas, do they? And that's and that's with... The, you know the COVID issues and the, the squad being stretched to its, its very limits. They don't. They they feel like they've got a couple another another fortnight in them. Put it that way, Jim. That didn't feel like it didn't feel like a conclusion on on Sunday. Um, I I actually think the very opposite, Eric. I mean, as you know, there are times. You know, anybody who's kind of you know who's been a runner or a, or a football player at any level, you know, talk about you know amateur, the North the South Inch at Perth or the Riverside Cope in Dundee. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. They, you know, when you're winning, when it's going well, there's a bounce, there's 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 an energy, there's a tempo, there's a zip about you, and that Saints side. One of one of the things that struck me at the weekend watching them by comparison to several other sides, Hibs, I think maybe you know were, were very similar on the Saturday. Is there's an elegance about that St Johnson's side? There's a toughness about them. You know they've they've got you know Sean a kind of better Sean's description of the, the system. It's perfect. It's working perfectly, and it's just one out, one in, if needs be. Um, but there's an elegance and a kind of. There's almost a flamboyance about them in the way that they stroke it about. You know, I mean, they, they find their men with the knees, they find their men with intelligence, you know. The, 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 there's just a general sense of kind of understanding of, of you know, of, of how the game is played, should be played, you know, the way they spread it, the way it goes wide, the way it goes inside. I mean, there's just, there, it's it's actually wonderful to watch at the minute. They're one of the, one of the I mean, you, you would never, you know, I think most Saints fans, would you know? Wouldn't have been in the habit of saying over the years Saints have been the most exciting side in the world to watch. This is an exciting side to watch. They play, they play it quickly. They play it smartly. They play it with intelligence. They're just a very very good side to watch. And there's 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 bags of energy about them. They look so lively. Um, you know. Uh, when they're on the attack. I mean, you know, they, they, they consider a goal, by the way, they consider a very good goal. It was a very good header to beat them. You know, and, and, you know since time immemorial, you know, the, the McNeils, the Hegartys and Nerys, the, the Mullers and McLeishes, you know, it's, everybody gets pierced at some time or other. It's how you bounce back from that. The two colour goals, you lose a goal, they bounce right back. You know, they, they bounce right back. So the, the, there is so much to praise in the St. Johnson side at the moment. You know, intelligence, a application, attitude, character, it's all there. And it's spread right through the side. But to me, the most important side is, and it's not a phrase I'm overly fond of, but I don't see any big-time Charlies in the side. I see a group of fellas and their coaching staff absolutely in unison, working for 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 each other. And I think that's terrific. And that's the reason I think they can go all the way this year. Sean, the, there's the big the big talking point of the week and whether, I don't know how long, how much longer it'll, it'll run or, or be allowed to run because there's, there's time limits on this, of course, as the... The fans or no fans, Hamden or no Hamden, it is. It's a more. It's a far more complex issue than than some would 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 make it out to be. Apart from anything else, you know, in its most basic form, of course, we want fans in the in a ground in Hamden to watch this cup final. We know all the stuff about handing it over to UEFA, blah blah blah. We're not turning into this into an SFA type. Podcast, there's other other ones of those where they can justify themselves and they'll know all the, the conversations that they've had with UEFA and all the rest of it. But 
it's more complicated in, in the so far as you have to factor in what the, the clubs themselves would want, what the players would want. I don't think it's as easy as just saying we go to Pataudry, you get a couple of thousand fans, what's the problem type thing. I don't want to put words into, into Calm Davidson's mouth or the players' mouths. I'm not so sure they'd want to do that. I'm not so sure there would be a good advantage for Saints to do that, apart from anything else as well, because they're, they like Hamden. Let's be honest with you. Hibs have got a bit of a Hamden. I know that they won in the semi-final, but, you know, there's all these things at play. So I think in an ideal world, we'll get some fans into Hamden. Do you, how do you, I mean, how do, it's a horrible question to give you, Sean, but how do you see this one playing out? You know, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you see happening? With the fans? Um, yeah. I wish I'd got instinct on this one. My, my gut feeling is that I think we'll, the, the SFA will probably move to get some in. I do. I well, think, do I think okay. there's, I do, honestly. Yeah. I, I just think there's been a, there's 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 a swell of opinion towards it, um, and also I think they probably now see the value PR wise in doing it if they can. I think I think not doing it when there are examples, and I'm thinking particularly of Wembley, uh, where games are going to be played um, after the cup final, but before the Euros. With fans and the in. snooker, the snooker was a jar. The I think snooker the snooker too. was a jarring one for a lot of people. Yeah, the, the snooker was, but I mean, to, to, the football in particular, Wembley is in a similar scenario, and that that will be used to host games in the Euros, as Hamden will. UEFA will take that over, and there there are going to be events in that ground after the Scottish Cup final with supporters in and before the Euros. So that argument that well, UEFA say it's a no no. Well, it's obviously not an across the board no no because they're okay with Wembley. Um, so I think UEFA are probably looking at that and going, oof, here, we can't be the bad guys here. Let's bat it back to the SFA, which they've done. So now the ball's in the SFA's court. And I think that if, if at this point they remain steadfast with, no, nobody's getting in, I don't think they can necessarily point at UEFA anymore and say this is their decision. I think it would be increasingly clear that it was an SFA decision, I think. So I, I think that they will act according accordingly and I think they will they will quickly have to come up with a plan to get some fans in. I think they will. And that's that's no no simple task. As you say, it's not it's not just a ah well all right, we'll let people in and, and it's as simple as that. They they will need to jump through hoops in order to have a plan in place that that is signed off uh, to have people in and they haven't been planning on it and they really don't have a lot of time. <laughs> To no, put it in don't. place. So where where do you do you think? I personally can't see, I can't see it being Hamden at Petodre. I, my, my I think it'll be Hamden. You, you think Hamden? Oh yeah, yeah, good. I thought you said take it away. No, I'm I'm with you. No, no. I think I think it'll end up in Hamden. I don't. I, I, I can't env- envisage. I don't. Th- I mean, again, I don't. I don't think St Johnson. I'm not sure about Hibs either. I don't think they'd want to go at Petodre, for example. No. You know, I, I just no. I think it'll be at Hamden. But I think. They'll let they'll let they'll let a crowd in. I don't know what size that crowd will be, but I think they will they will find a way. Uh, it'll, it'll require a hell of a lot of work, but I think they'll do it because I I I think the value in doing it now is is greater in a PR sense than in ignoring it because because yeah, of the th- things have moved stats. on, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim, what's your what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in little doubt that it'll be a Hamden. I mean, I think with the, t- the time scale is now kind of absolutely against anything. Other, uh, I, I think, isn't it? You know, I mean, if, if we can find a way to get fans in, well, um, you know, Hibs have got a season book base of around eleven thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Saints, so what, what are Saints two? Two and a half, something like that. Couple of thousand, something like that. Couple of thousand, you know, it's thirteen thousand season book holders among you. Um, if you were allowing all that, I don't think they would would allow all that. Although it's one in four of Hamden's capacity, that might allow you to, you know, to um, uh, maintain the, the the two meter rule or something like that. Um, even if you drew lots, you know, um, and you had. I don't know how you do this, you know, half and half or, or something, or try and try and kind of even the numbers up somehow. Um, I, I just think yes, it will be hammed in. Be I'm the same. I'd like to see some kind of crowd there. It won't be the same, but at least it would give it the bones of an atmosphere and we've seen a few games with at least some crowd in and it certainly helps other than the art of, a bit, much better than the artificial injected noises that we get I actually watch the game with the crowd noise off these days if I can um, so uh, it will be hammed in I think it's it's getting guy late 
you know, to do anything else, is getting Gailey also to do anything other than get the bones, the bare bones of a crowd in, even if, even if we were to get a crowd in, you know. So, um, I, 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 you know, to be honest, to some extent, Eric, it's almost irrelevant now. I think, you know, that, you know, we've come through the end, well, not come through yet, but we're not far away, hopefully, from the end of a really long, dark tunnel, which has dramatically affected people's lives in every respect, not just sport. Um, but in sporting terms, Great season for Saints. They're in the final. Um, they'll be in the final whether there's fans there or not fans there. It'd be better if we could get fans there. It'd be better, I suspect, bizarrely. I find myself a bit of a hypocrite here because I'm not a great Hamden fan. But you know what? It's it's Saints' chance to win their only their second ever Scottish Cup final. Two, two in a year. And I just think there would actually be something special about winning it. Uh, armed in. If, if you could get a crowd in, if you get crowds in, it'd be fantastic because Saints would do what they did um, at Parkhead in the United final. They'd take, was it 22,000, 23,000 that day? Hibs would sell 30,000, no problem. You know, you'd have an absolute full house. That's not going to happen. It'd be nice to get crowds in. I don't know. I, I would never ever try and second guess the SFA. They're an impossible organisation to, to second guess. Just when you think they'll do the most sensible thing, they do something completely different. Sean, okay, I'll take it just, just to wrap this up. Is it, sounds like a, a stupid question, but is it a good thing for Saints to get fans in? And um, stay with me on this one. Saints, Saints are in this, they're in this rhythm. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying in a way that it's not a small club thing. It's just the fact that Saints are in this rhythm, playing with no fans. Like you said, they're a very well coached team. They're, res- they're responding magnificently to these circumstances that we're all, we're all in. You know, is it does it give anybody an advantage or a disadvantage to get fans into that game? Does it potentially give them advantage because Hibs are the ones with more, under more pressure? They got some of their fans in there, you know, expecting them to turn St Johnson over. How, how, what's the what's the psychological impact on a game of football of having, say, let's just just for argument's sake, having two thousand Saints fans and two thousand Hibs fans? How does that how does that change it, and who does it help? I don't know. At this point, because it's been like you say, it's it's nearly a full season that we've that we've gone through this now with no fans, and 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 for all initially, you know, that we were talking about, oh, the impact of having no fans in stadiums, and all oh, the players don't like it, and it's their normal. Managers don't yeah. like it now. It's normal now. They're used to it, so I don't think at this point, other than perhaps on big occasion games, actually, where where they're probably only thinking about it in the sense of when they're celebrating, oh, it would be nice to have some fans here to join in this moment sort of thing. But beyond that, I, I don't I don't think that's a consideration for players at this stage. I don't think they're playing these games and thinking, I wish we had some fans here. I think they're just totally used to it. So at this point, chucking, chuck, chucking a couple of thousand fans each, each side in, I mean, that could be a game changer for one or both sides um, because the atmosphere, it would be totally different than if there's nobody there. Now, obviously, if it's at Hamden, and Hamden, as we all know, is this sort of vast bowl. And when there's uh, when there are when there are even sort of twenty thousand people in it, it can feel it can feel like a morgue. Uh, but having had nobody in it for so long, I think you chuck a couple of thousand in. I think that changes the dynamics potentially quite significantly. Who does it favour? I really don't know. I really don't know. But but I I, I do think it will change change the game. Um, so, so while it's obviously going to be magnificent for supporters that manage to get in, if indeed that's the road we go down, um, I don't know. It might be a case of be careful what you wish for, because uh, I mean, how? And then the discussion becomes how do how do you decide who gets in? Obviously, you would think they'll be they'll go with season ticket holders, but how do how do you make that decision at that point? Is it first come first first served, or do you go to who's who's the longest, who's had season tickets the longest, and what have you? So there's there's, I mean, like I said before, this is not an easy thing. It seems like it's an easy decision get fans in, but there's a lot of work involved in it, not just for the SFA but for both both clubs as well. Um, and will it impact the game? It certainly could. And at this point, having had no fans in stadiums for so long. I think it's a bit of a wild card element, to be honest with you. It would it'll be it'll be fascinating to see if indeed there is any impact. Um, yeah, would so, you say, Jim? Do you would you do you have a gut feeling on 
who having fans in would would help. I mean, Kibs are the team with more pressure on them. Does it does it does it take that off? Make it worse, you know. What's the sort of what's your feeling on that oh, one? I mean, I, I don't think it. You know, I don't. There are several good points have been made there. I mean, I don't think it should make any great difference. I mean, we have played the entire season without fans. If if we were to have fans in, you know, what are we probably looking at maybe ten thousand something like that. I mean, it's you know, Sean's right. Hamden's cavernous. Not only you know it's fifty thousand capacity, but you're miles away from the the, the you know from the pitch. It's it's a kind of 10,000 and doesn't make a huge atmosphere. It's certainly more of an atmosphere, obviously, than nobody in. Um, if anything, I, I would plump, but it would only be a guess, I would plump that, that it would put more pressure on, on Hibs. Because I think there is more pressure on Hibs than there is in St. Johnson. But I don't think for a, a, for a moment anybody had any expectations of St. Johnson winning anything this season. I mean, to be honest with you, we spent probably the first 10 weeks uh, of Callum's reign wondering um, if, if they were going to stay in the Premier League. Uh, or the, the Premiership, as we now call it in Scotland, you know, for, for some time. Um, uh, not that they would win a League Cup and be in the final of a Scottish Cup and be in the top six. I mean, so it's been remarkable. They've done all that. They're playing, they're playing with un- somebody else's money now, aren't they? They're playing yeah, with somebody that's, else's yeah, money. That's really. right. I mean, it's a, a fairly unpressurised environment. The, the, only, the only bit of pressure that can get the Saints now is, is from themselves. You know, the, the only pressure that can be put on them is from themselves. And I think they're a strong enough uh, squad to... Um, to handle that, no doubt. You know, when we do the big podcast on it next week. I mean, we'll talk more, no doubt, in depth about about the game. But it'll not be an easy game. I mean, you know, I mean, Hibs are a fine side. You know, I mean, I, I, I said in my column at the weekend in the Courier that it was a, a big ask, a tough ask uh, for, for United against the, the you know the, the talent. Well, I, that's team. you've linked us in. You've you know, linked us in smoothly there, Jim. Let's ah, well, go I, I linked it. I didn't you... spend all these years on the radio for nothing. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's professional. What that's why we pay the big box for <laughs> professionalism. Like like that but so come on then what uh, the game panned out as I suspected I must admit I think I, I think what do we learn we learned that United season's peak was at Pataudry and it was probably had a lot to do with how badly Aberdeen played you know would that would that be fair Jim um well what, what I'm now wondering is where that performance against Aberdeen came from you know, I mean, you you, you cannot you, you know you, you cannot play as well as you did against Aberdeen um, when you're a very poor side. There's obviously something in there. They they played very very well against Aberdeen. I, I know the arguments about you know Aberdeen poor on the day and all the rest of it, but I mean, you know, you can only beat what you're up against. And they did that that day with some really tidy football, fast, fluent, accurate, and all the rest of it. Great first touch or second touch stuff, but um, you know, it's. I, I hesitate to say it disappeared against Hibs. There are a couple. I mean, they had their moments against against Hibs. You know, I mean, Shank had a couple Hark of nice should be scored. Our man Hart should have been scored that goal at the very start, Co- shouldn't he? couple of chances. I mean, that one, you know, I, I mean, you can argue that Shanklin's ball into him is maybe slightly uh, over hit and, and, and just a wee bit too far to the right. He kind of stumble, he almost stumbles into it. But, you know, you, you, you've got to adjust your footing. You've got to kind of uh, present it with a chance like that. You've got to read it better, I think. So could have put that one away. There was one in the box not long after that where he got the head to it where it looked to me as though, you know, an out-and-out striker, I think, would have tried to cushion that one in the chest. Um, I, I, I made a space for himself and had to either that or, you know, made a, a better fist of heading it in, uh, uh, into the net. You know, so, I mean, they had their moments. There were, were one or two tidy, tidy pieces. But what, what was always going to undo United <clears throat> was just, you know, the, the sheer pace and quickness of Hibs. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, Boyle at times, uh, in second half in particular, was electric. Uh, Nisbet, when Nisbet scored his goal, he bring, he, he's got it under control and he's got the shot away before and there's almost there's two men almost on oh, top of him like, there's one I, not far away you know and, and he's got it down I didn't, I didn't like how slow I didn't like how slow no. United were to react to that, that incredibly I'd be slow really unhappy with that if I was the United I, manager they just I mean, he, and then he could stroke it in with, with his instep no it was, well, it get, was a horrible know, I, goal I, from a United I could almost view, I, I could almost have seen it Eric had it been you know Hanlon or, or, or McGinn or Porteous or somebody like that you know a, a kind of a, a defender pushing for him he thought I've got an extra fraction of a second no your mind works like that you know you've got to be alive to that you've got to shut your mind down quickly and that, that's a kind of hesitate to say a laziness of mind it's just it's just a slight slackness of mind it's about the pace you play the game at, 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 at both in your head and on the deck and he got he got 
he got look. I know there's a lot of strikers wouldn't have put it away as quickly as that. Nisbet is an exceptional striker. He'll not be at Easter Road next season. I'm surprised he's here now. Um, he, he will move on. The lad he's got a terrific talent. He's got a terrific pace. So you'll not meet him at Scottish Premiership level every week. You know, um, but you've got to be alive to the fact that 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 you know that you've got to pay extra special attention to a bloke like that who is really really quick, who's sharp. You know, smacks the ball away with alacrity. Um, and and the second the second goal was a poor one to lose as well, you know. So I thought there were two poor goals to lose. Good goals from Hibs' perspective, um, and it could have been more boiled towards the end of a couple of kind of races through and all the rest of it, you know. So on the day, Hibs were as we knew from league positions. <coughs> um, a better side, they, you know, they, they just had a bit more quality in all departments, too many people on the day didn't shine for United, there were one or two, you know, exceptions throughout, but on the day, um, you know, I think it, it indicated that there's still a lot of rebuilding work to be to be done at Tannadice, I mean, that's for another podcast, obviously, there's still a lot of rebuilding work to be done, there's, there's major changes, I think, that will have to take place there, it may well be, in fact, most of us suspect it will be, that that starts with the managerial position, but on the day, um, they simply they, they weren't good enough. It was as simple as that, you know. And the Nisbet and the Dodge goals, you know, um, almost perfectly timed. You know, um, twenty-seven minutes into the first half, and then fifty, just as the hours heading, you think you you might be getting back into the game with a killer again. You're too down psychologically. I think you're done at that stage, you know. So, what w- what we learned was that you know United couldn't on the day contain um, Nisbet, Dodge, and Boyle. Just you know, d- didn't have the the personnel or arguably the mentality to do it and and you know I'm trying hard not to criticise them for that because Hibs are a fine side this season has proved that they're a fine side and on the day they were just a cut above Dundee United's task is frankly is to become Hibs that's that's their task for for next season you know to to do what Hibs have done yeah I don't think it will happen in one season but yeah no no anything but Sean it, they just they just they they felt to me United that I don't think they believed. That they were that they are ready yet to win win a Scottish Cup. It, there was that conviction that Hibs had was lacking in United for me, Sean. Uh, and, and to be honest, the, the, after the performance up at Aberdeen, they should have been full of belief. And now we've 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 all acknowledged that the nature of that performance was, in some ways, and you might say in a lot of ways, down to how off it Aberdeen were quite clearly um, but nonetheless you would think a performance like that would, would, would fill a side full of confidence I think to go uh, and play Ross County the following week with the, essentially the same side and lose 2 nothing. I think that was a that was a blow you think it's been more more significant now in hindsight than maybe yeah. United would have would have made it out to be yeah I think so you would like to think that after the Aberdeen performance they were going into that game against Ross County having themselves a bit and thinking here we've got something about us actually and and uh, to actually I'm saying we've got something about us actually their run, their run of form over February is actually very decent ever, ever since the start of February they've done they've done well enough they've won enough points right maybe it's not been the, the sexiest football in the world but They've, they've won a hell of a lot of points since February and, and the Aberdeen game was a great performance. All right, Aberdeen were poor, but United took full advantage of that. They were absolutely ruthless. You can only play what's in front of you. And, and, and all right, they, they played a poor Aberdeen side, but they blew them away. It wasn't just a, a 1-0. They, they absolutely played them off yeah, the park. Yeah, no, they played through them. Yeah, played through yeah. them. So going into that Ross County game after that, I would like to think that they thought, yeah, come on. This could be the start of a, a well, not even the start, a continuation of a wee a, a, a bit of momentum here, but it, it, it just didn't happen for them against Ross County, and I, th- I think that was probably quite psychologically damaging. I think going into the the semi final with Hibs, who are, as Jim says, a good side. Everybody knows they're a good side. You, you don't, you're not third in the Premiership and semi final of the League Cup without being a decent side, which they are, and they proved it. They proved it, and United United just weren't weren't able to match them. Um, after after sort of a, a reasonable opening spell, um, United United weren't, weren't at Hibbs's level, and that I mean that that's probably probably a reflection of of their season. But again, at certain times they've 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 taken points that you wouldn't have expected them to take. So 
you would have liked to have seen a little bit more belief from them, um, I think, because, yeah, they were a bit tentative. Um, and some of the, the decision-making higher up the part wasn't great. Uh, I don't think there wasn't much fluidity to them. Um, yeah, it was a disappointing performance, I would say. And Mickey Mellon will say, well, we're pleased to have got to where we got to, disappointing to go out, but we've done well, we're up from the championship, all that stuff. And I fair enough. But, you know, you would, you would, as a United fan, you would have liked to have seen them show a wee bit more at Hamden than they did. Yeah, did the... Is it... I, thought, I, just, I mean, I just watched the highlights, Jim, because, you know, I wasn't at the game, but, you know, Shankland had some had some lovely touches and was, was involved. They got, you know, particularly in the second half, would, would have... Would a Lawrence Shanklin bursting with confidence have just? I've not even thought about trying to play that pass to Harks at the at the very start. Would he have just? Would he have gone for the bottom corner, much like Nisbet did uh, with his finish? Well, um, he, he may well have done. I think there's, there's no doubt that this season has been a, bit, a big disappointment for him in, in some respects. You know, I mean, you know, he, he had an injury. He's, he's, you know, for the moment, he's not in the Scotland squad, although he has been in the Scotland squad. He's not showing, you know, he's not showing what he showed last season. You know, he's not scoring the goals that he scored, scored in the championship. I mean, obviously, he stepped up um, a level. He is... I think that, you know, I don't even think the jury is out with, with Shankland. Um, I, I think the bottom line, Eric, is some people think that Shankland is a, is a smashing player and should be in the Scotland squad. I think some people think that Shankland is, is at a level where he's not going to get any further, that he's not, for instance, he's not a Nisbet, for instance, because he lacks, I think... Um, so what do well, you think, Jim? He, he's one, certainly an intelligent player. No, no, I think N- 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 Nisbet, to me, is a better player, and I'll tell you why. Because Nisbet, in that position, has... Pace and and, and 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 it's not even about the quickness of mind because Shanklin's a very quick-witted player, um, and I think in many respects he's actually a very good link-up player as well. I think if you can find the right partner for him and the right service for him, he will either score or score and assist. You know, either either or or and both. Um, the, the, I, I think the issue is um, for the moment he's not got sufficient quality around about him, and I think you know I sense sometimes in watching him. That's kind of dawned on him that he kind of knows that you know that his intelligence uh, isn't replicated round about him. You know that, that, that I think there's nothing worse for a really smart, intelligent player, you know, who knows the kind of ball he wants to play and all the rest of it. You know, uh, to find that the boys round about him are not just quite uh, as quick as him. That said, I thought he could have laid a slightly better ball off for for Harks, although Harks also could have read it better. I mean, you know, again, it's it's Lamar. I mean, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about in the game was, you know. <laughs> Hib's second goal was clearly offside. I mean, it's that, that almost was, passes yeah, is unremarkable no, now. I mean, not, he, he it's, was, not he, up, he was, it's not even up. No, it's not even up. No, I mean, half a yard up, half a yard offside. You know, so that, I mean, that, that's that, that's got a big, big effect on things. But I mean, you know, that, that, that's look, you live with that in football. We know that. You know, um, the overall performance wasn't good enough. That's that's the bottom line. Hibs were the better side on the day. Um, Shankland, I kind of I wonder now about Shankland where he goes. I mean, he's on big money at Tannadice. We've heard that you know the, the plan is to go with youth, which I think in many respects is actually a good thing. Um, now it may well be that you know if Lauren Shankland doesn't get a move. Um, you know, because somebody has to buy it. So we've all sat and said, you know, for a long time on this podcast, it was, what was he worth? Would you get a million, two million? Would you get three million? Now uh, you're actually saying, will anybody bid for him? You know, um, but if he stays at Tannadice, will he become kind of almost, and he's quite a young player, will he become an elder statement with some gifted, smart, young cookies around about him? You know, might, he, might that be his his immediate future? We don't know, but going back to the day, he, he I think he did show some intelligent touches. Would he have gone through um, and put that one away a season ago? I, I, I don't know is the answer. He's not an out-and-out pacey player. Would he have had the, you know, the, the, the speed to kind of to burst through, you know, a season ago? I'm not particularly sure. I don't think he's gotten any slower, but I don't think he's gotten any quicker either. You know, so my suspicion is he wouldn't have. You know, um, I am intrigued as to where his future lies, what happens next for him. But that's nothing to do with what went on at the weekend. What it did show to me at the weekend was there's a. There's a a lull, I think, in you know, in the Lauren Shanklin that we saw early on at Tannadice Park, and of whom, you know, th- there were so much expectations. There's a lull between that, what we've seen this season, and I think what comes next. Uh, and I think you know, only he 
and, and United can answer that. Um, my, my, sus- my suspicion is that his future lies away from Tannadice. They'll do well, John, to to finish with a couple of wins, won't they? Because let's face it, United have got nothing left to play for. You know, there's all the, all the speculation about their manager, etc., etc., etc. It's too much to expect them to have two fantastic performances left in their locker, isn't it? Depends on Motherwell. Psycholo- just human nature, human nature being human nature. It's it's, mm. it's going to be hard for them, isn't it? It is, but I mean, you could say certainly in St Mirren's case, it might be equally hard. Um, they've just suffered a big blow going out in the semi-final um, for the second time this season. So, for all that the talk around St Mirren is that they, they've had a they've had a really good season, and by their standards, they have. Uh, they've been nearly men for all the things that they've been looking for. It's Tony Fitzpatrick at the start of the season wanted a top six finish, missed out in the last eight. Two semi-finals out at the final hurdle in both cup competitions. So there's a, there's there's every possibility that they're feeling a wee bit uh, scunnered with things <laughs> at this point in time as well. Um, so they're an interesting case. Motherwell, um, yeah, maybe 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 a bit more motivation to to go out and and, and win some points at the end of this season uh, for them. Um, with the, a new manager being in there, obviously a relatively new manager, not brand new, but there's always always reshuffling to be done this summer, and there, there could well be boys playing for playing for their futures. United, I mean, in theory, they could be in the same boat in some respects, but yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one for them, motivation wise, I think, because really at this point, all all you've got as a motivational tool. Um, if you're a manager or a coach, as 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 look, it's do it for yourselves, do it for your professional pride, um, and especially if there's a feeling that the manager might be off in the summer, then yeah, human nature would dictate that. In many cases, there there, there might be boys who go two games to go, we're not in any danger. Why am I going to go and throw myself into things? And players would absolutely dispute that. They they would say themselves that they they would never dream of holding back anything in a game, uh, which is fine. There they can say that, but I, I just think there's there's probably some sort of subconscious element at play in these scenarios. So motivation wise, it might it might be an issue uh, for United. I I, I wouldn't be expecting uh, two stunning performances and thumping victories to end the season. I wouldn't have thought. No motivation problems for Dundee and Wraith Rovers, Jim. It's uh, it's an intrigue on this. I, I do expect Dundee to come through it, but fair. We've got to talk Wraith Rovers first of all. They've had the two games. They, you know, an, an intense five derby. Obviously, they've come through it. I must admit, I probably thought Dunfermline would come through it just just with the way just watching Wraith against. I didn't see their their game against Dundee on the on the telly, but I watched their game against Hearts, and they looked like a. To me, they look like a team that's race race had been run, you know, just with a couple of injuries and all the rest of it. They were, they were short of numbers at the back. Hearts didn't have anything really to play for, but they they beat Wraith and beat beat Wraith well, who did have stuff to play for. But they've edged they've edged on Felman in, in their their playoff. And listen, they'll they're big underdogs. They'll play. They'll talk it up as their big underdogs, won't they? Or talk it down as the fact that they're big big underdogs. John McGlynn certainly certainly has. Do you give them a chance, Wraith? Or do you think it's do you think it's, yeah, well, uh, uh, it's all about Dundee for this one? No, they've absolutely got a chance. Any team, any team that takes the park uh, with John McGlynn as manager's got a chance. You know, I'm just hoping his eye injury has uh, cleared up after he got <laughs> after he got met, uh, mauled in the melee and, and got the specs in his uh, it was his eyebrow or something at the weekend. You know, um, yeah, absolutely, Wraith have got a chance. I mean, I, I was at Dens for the game that Wraith, um, uh, you know, drew that looked as though they were losing it, and and they kind of. Um, you know, they, they got the equaliser late on. It was a corner and a header, you know, late on in the game. They've got a terrific character about them. Um, but, I mean, you know, I said in my column, well, we can call him the courier, that, that Dundee, it's in their own hands now. Dundee, uh, Dundee undoubtedly have the talent to win this game. They've got the talent to come up. I, I, you know, actually, I, I almost don't even care who they meet. They've got the talent in, in that squad, you know, you know Cummings and Charlie Adam and 
um, McGinn and all the rest of it. They've got, they've got the talent to come up. What they need is, and, and I think there's a kind of slowly but surely, you know, there's a sense because James McPake's been under pressure at different times this season. It might be, and again, we're talking about crowds. You know, will there be a crowd? How would it affect Hamden if you're winning for a final? How might it affected him if Dundee fans? Because it can be a hard lot to play to, you know. How, how might they have affected him and what's going on at Dens. Had they been in this season, we don't know. These are imponderables. But what's not an imponderable is that Wraith can beat Dundee, Dundee can beat Wraith, Dundee have the better squad. I think man for man, Dundee have the better squad. Um, they've got the stronger squad, but that doesn't mean for a moment that, um, that they're guaranteed to come up here. I mean, this, this really will actually come down, I think, to... Those old qualities that, that you know, they're sort of an old fart here, but some of the modern, more the younger journalists who talk endlessly about analysis and you know and heat maps and all the rest, but none of that will matter. This literally will be a scrap. Name names, Jim. Oh, this will be a scrap. I'm not going to name names. I'm having a drink with some of these boys, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, no, I mean, you, you know how we kind of there is a we we see quite clearly, you know, the the analysis of the game and much of the analysis of, of of football in the modern age is is very valid and it's very good and it's brought a kind of new dimension to the game. Sometimes it just goes in the it goes in the bin, and and, and I think it'll go in the bin tomorrow night, um, and it'll go in the bin, uh, you know, for the for the game um, at, at Den. So you know. It, the, the, the game at Starks Park, the game at Dens, two games where it'll just be throw everything at it. You know, I mean, to, to some extent, even tactics and the heat of battle, because what, what's at stake here is phenomenal. I mean, for Wraith to have a chance of getting into Premiership would be fabulous, be great. Dundee, you know, I, I'll be blunt about this, Dundee to me belong in the Premiership. Now, and, and saying that, I'm conscious of hypocrisy. No club deserves anything other than they scrap for, bite for, fight for and get. You know, nobody's do anything on a plate. But Dundee have the potential. You know, I always thought it's a good long-running top six place for a, a Dundee side. They'd be getting their six and seven thousands at Dens Park. They, they, they really need to kind of re-establish themselves in the top flight. And I think, you know, this is a game where character, desire, hunger, all of the old-fashioned ones um, will be so important. You know, it'll literally be a battle. You beat your opponent, you beat your individual opponent on the night, and then you have to do it again at Dens, uh, uh, you know, on the Saturday. So I think it's all about heart, desire, character, and the will to win. The advantage Wraith have got, if you've got, I mean, we can't, you know, we can't go all season and talk about the importance of finishing second and then... Uh, and then suddenly change our minds on it, you know, now that we're in the playoffs, or well, you can if you want, I suppose you can. You can. <laughs> but I think we'll always talk about that advantage of finishing second being in terms of if if you get to the final, basically, and you're, you're playing against the, the, the top flight team, and then whether you're, whether you're you know, you've lost the legs, you know, it takes a toll if you've had these sort of, you know, three sets of, of uh, double headers to contend with but I think in terms of this game the advantage if there is one for Wraith is that they're already in this two-leg mentality they know and we quite often see with the first leg certainly in the championship ones that the the, the first game turns out to be a real cagey one and that you know we've quite I think we've quite often I mean I haven't got the stats to hand but I, I can think of a the odd nil-nil the odd one-one that sort of thing um I think Wraith if, if I'm John McGlynn, although they're at home first, I think they'd be quite happy to do as they did with Dunfermline, even though you know they were they were away in the first game. I think they'd be quite happy with a nil-nil hope and then really hope the pressure cranks up on Dundee in the second one, you know? I think that, that would be my that would be my tactics if I was John McGlynn. Don't 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 feel like you've got to win it in this home game. Just basically just you know, be quite content if it's a if it's a boring nil nil draw, and then hope that hope that it all gets too much for Dundee in the in the second game, Sean. Yeah, well, uh, John McGlynn is, is evidently conscious of the pressure of the situation, and we've spoken about pressure uh, over the last couple of weeks on a few occasions. Um, John McGlynn's aware of it because he's uh, he's dumping it all on Dundee, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so he's not done that by accident. Um, so yeah, uh, for Wraith, I mean. Any sort of win at home in the first leg, I'm sure they'll, they'll take with open arms. But, but I mean, yeah, a, po- a point. Jeez, oh, not even a point. A draw. If they can get a draw um, in that first game, I'm sure they'd be more than happy with that. Because at that point, you're right. 
the, the pressure will all be on Dundee because it's Dundee that have been the team that's been expected to be in this position. Not just expected, it's been a demand of Dundee this season to be at least in this position. So, yeah, huge. There will be huge pressure on them um, in the second leg. And in terms of finishing second and the advantage that brings, actually, I can't argue with, with you there either. I think I think you're right. I think that the, the real value of that isn't in this round, it's in the next. Because the difference, there's a huge difference between having played two games and then going into the, a crucial two-header to, to, to secure promotion, or having played four in the space of two weeks. That's At that point, I think that's when you start to see that in the legs with players and the minds follow. I think it becomes increasingly difficult the more games you play in a short space of time. So two, two is, is probably manageable, but four, then it becomes very difficult. So at, at, at this stage... I don't. I don't think Dundee have got a huge advantage over Wraith Rovers in terms of being fresher or what have you. But were they to get past Rovers, then I think that's when it will be really valuable for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean Dundee. Dundee certainly in a in, in a great position. Um, it's it's entirely on them at this point to go and turn in the kind of performance that they've they've, they've been looking for a lot this season, but haven't haven't found as often as they would like. Um, but perhaps signs in recent weeks that they are that they are sort of getting onto that path now. So it's up to them to maintain what they've been doing over the last few weeks, and, and if they can do that, they've got good enough players to win. Yeah, if I would if, just to finish up, Jim, for, from a Dundee point of view, their mentality should be to try and I think they should go for the jugular in this first game. You know, really think right, stamp their authority on it. They're on a roll. They're on good form. I think that should be there. I don't think I don't think they should be happy just to to kick the can down the road and say we'll settle at Denslin lads, will we? You know, I think they want this. They want this to. I think they should be going to take an advantage back to Dens. Yeah, I think you know you you asked earlier on. You know, you you, you suggested earlier you don't have to win it in the first game, and that's absolutely true. Um, but you've got to watch you don't lose it in the first game, and that's why I think quite a bold approach. I think you're right. I think a bold approach from Dundee. I mean, I think man for man, Dundee are a better side. You know, I mean, I think man for man, um, they, they they have a, you know a, a bit more about them in terms of kind of you know extra quality, extra speed of thought maybe extra pace, all these things. But they're up against a team with real competitors. I mean, I can think a few in that division who are more competitive than, than Ian Davidson and, and Ken, Kyle Benedictus. Benny, of course, started and went right through the youth system at Denge. You know, Whitfield laddie. Um, you know, so, I mean, th- there is no, absolutely no doubt in my mind that when it and comes Vaughan, to... Louis Vaughan, I really uh, like uh, him Vaughan as, as well. Vaughan as well. I really fine player, like actually. You know, he's he's one, I think, that most of us thought might kind of move, move on, actually. You know, um, If it wasn't so, for those knees, unfortunately. Yeah, that, so well, they, 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 yeah. There, there you go. Um, but but the, you know the, the the simple truth of the matter is when you see you've got that kind of those kind of competitors in the race squad, and you've got the Dundee squad as well. Um, then I think it comes back to all the things that we talked about earlier on. You know, I mean, the, 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 this is a game which will just not be for the faint-hearted. I mean, it's, uh, two games it'll not be for the faint-hearted. But I think Dundee have the talent. Um, uh, and I think they should have the mentality as well. I think they've come with this kind of this late run, the finish second, so they're the best of the rest outside of Hearts. I think they have the ability over the two games. Um, pre- well, you know, pressure. Players should thrive on pressure. We know all the stuff about players feel. You know, great players, good players should thrive on pressure. That's what they want to do. They want to. You know, I mean. There's a different kind of pressure here. I'm sure the Dundee boys will, and the Wraith boys will be much keener to embrace this kind of pressure trying to get into the Premiership than they would if they were at the other end, you know, where the prospect would be falling out of the division and, and, and you know, your, your career going into a flat tailspin, maybe having to go part-time or something like that, you know. So this is the kind of pressure that both clubs should embrace. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not a huge fan of the playoffs. I mean, I'm, you know, to, to some extent, I think if you're going to have, you know, um, relegation and promotion it should be two down two up and maybe one playoff for a third spot I don't know something like that but I'm not mad about it I love the excitement of it but I just think sometimes that you know teams that have scrapped all season end up second you know can end up being kind of you know pooped on from a great height you know it's a courier podcast so I don't want to use the proper expression you know Um, but anyhow it is what it is and to me Dundee over the two legs I think have superior depth in terms of the squad and in terms of um overall quality but I, I I don't know if they've got 
you know, overall superiority when it comes to mentality. I think that's probably exy peaksy. You know, on 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 the night and on the, on the afternoon on this, of the Saturday, uh, we'll find out who who does what. I mean, I think Dundee. I think will edge it. Just as a wee aside before we finish, I suspect Eric, which is maybe what you were moving towards there. Uh, since we were talking about having, <laughs> since we were having, you can't see since, my face, can you? <laughs> <laughs> since we were having fans and grounds discussions earlier, I should say that Dundee have literally just announced that uh, should they get to the playoff final, they have got plans in place to have five hundred season ticket holders in the door for that playoff final. Should they get there? Um, they're, they're saying they've already held the ballot and those who have been successful will be contacted, contacted on Sunday the 16th if they get if they get past Wraith. So there you go, 500 will be in for that final. I wonder if they got asked, I wonder if they got asked the question, do you, do you call for the manager's, call for the manager's head as he's <laughs> walking <laughs> back <laughs> to the <laughs> dugout? <laughs> Answer five questions. Yeah. Yeah. Some, something tells me it'll not be that a section that tend to congregate around the director's box. <laughs> Yes, well, they'll probably... Or the hospitality yeah, boys. Reviewing, <laughs> exactly. Reviewing, reviewing footage over the years and such like, yes, exactly. Oh, They're nearly as bad as the boys at Congregate around really with the press area. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. No, we don't want them back in either, no. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. There's your, there's your uh, talking football version of the Sky ticker bar there, eh? But, so hurry up and get this one out, Sean. Oh, good stuff. Well, listen, thanks, guys. And thank you very much for listening. And there'll be another... I'd like to say well next week we'll have we'll probably have uh, two podcasts for the price of one a St Johnson one a cup final one and obviously there's there's playoffs still to be played and, and Dundee United seasonal we'll be we'll be looking back on that as well okay so thank you very much for listening bye bye if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.